just cry like that. <laughs> oh, yay. Thank you for the introduction. I'm trying not to tear up today, but that almost got me there, so we're going to start. So good morning, Thrive Community Church. How are you this morning? Thank you for joining us. Thank you for those who are joining us online. You guys look beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and it's a great opportunity to be here today because Pastor Nathan has given in guests or in-house speakers the opportunity to be able to <laughs> communicate with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to be able to communicate with you about who Jesus is, the characteristics of him. The first Sunday, Tammy was the first one to speak, and she was giving you the characteristics of Jesus as a human. And a lot of times we think, yeah, sure, we know he was a human because he was here on earth with us. But the characteristics that he knows your situation, he knows what you go through, he knows the grief, he shares in you with the joy, he even laughs with you when you least expect it. Uh, Scott gave us an insight of Jesus as shepherd. He knows his sheep, and his sheep know who he is. He gives us what we need. He gives us rest and restores our soul. And he is our protector, even through the storms. And last Sunday, Pastor Stephanie taught us about Jesus is the Christ. It's not just a name. He is the anointed one. He is the prophet. He is a priest. And he is our king. Terry <laughs> told us how Jesus was a servant and that he's selflessness. He washed the feet of the disciples. And I love that because you would think of him as highly above everyone, but he came down to the level of everyone else. No one is greater and no one is less than you. And he showed us that. Jesus also embraces submission. Because on the night before he was to die, he was in the garden praying to God. Not really. If it was me, I would not be there to pray. I'd be like, take this. No, not me, not me, not me. But he submitted himself to the will of God to die that criminal's cross for everyone sitting in this room today and those watching online and for everyone out there who have not stepped into church yet. And with all these characteristics, you think, sure, 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 we must be done, right? So how many of you remember the old infomercials? Nobody? Nobody? So, but, well, wait, there's more. So today, I get to bring um, the message about Jesus as being the builder. <laughs> that brings us to point number one. Jesus is the builder of the past. In Genesis, you have a beautiful image and description of the creation of the heavens and earth. The sun, the moon, all of the stars that show up, the vegetation, the animals that were there, even the distance between the sun and earth to make earth habitable for us to live, and the fact that the rotation of the earth being exactly perfect, that gravity works as well as it does. Sometimes I believe gravity works a little too well. And if you know, you know. <laughs> Genesis 126 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps, in, creeps on the earth. Can we go back to the last one? 
It says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. What that means is that there has to be more than just one person in the vicinity. That was God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that created you. And if you can just picture this with me, I don't know if everybody's ever seen it, where the blueprint rolls out for a building or for construction or anything. So imagine God rolling out this blueprint. And you've got God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit standing there. And they're marking stuff and taking stuff away and marking it and taking stuff away. And they stand back and they're like, that's it. It's beautiful. Maybe they high-five each other. I don't know. But they're thinking it's beautiful. The plan is made. But what we don't realize is that there's a plan within the plan, within the plan, within the plan. When you think about it, we have this beautiful technology now that allows us to go like this. Zoom in. How many of you looked at Google Maps before? You zoom in to see, oh, what is that? And there's a lot of creepy stuff out there, so we won't get into that. But you get to zoom in. This is the plan that God has made. This is the plan that Jesus made, and this is the plan that the Holy Spirit has made. If you zoom in upon the plan, within the plan, within the plan, that's you. They have zoomed in far enough to know you and plan you and plan what your life is supposed to be. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Think about that. In this, Jeremiah is trying to tell the Jews that because they've been exiled, that he has a plan. Don't give up hope. But the fact is, God already had the plan. Jesus had the plan. The Holy Spirit had the plan. It was already made. Did bad things happen? Absolutely. But he had a plan. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. He's telling that to Jeremiah, and guess what? He knew you before you were in the womb. He knew you in the womb. He knew there was a plan for you. It was already done. His blueprint for your life is absolutely perfect. He knows what he wants for you, and he's probably even taken a lot of opportunities to tell you what he's wanting you to do. But you've kind of stopped, and you've delayed his building of that plan. In 2016, he told me what he wanted, and as a true stubborn person, I argued I argued with him because I was right. He wasn't right. But finally, when I convinced myself, I don't not convince myself. Finally, when I submitted to him and listened to what he said and the plans that he had for me, I was all in. But I was going to take care of every detail about it. I had already figured out what I was going to do. I knew what I needed to do because he told me the plan, but I was going with it to get to the end of that to get to where he said I was going. That did not turn out very well whatsoever. (laughs) My stubbornness of trying to take it upon myself actually delayed his plans. 
And what happens when you take it, what happens when you have taken his plans into your own hands? So I have this movie clip. It's from the best comic franchise ever. And if you say DC, you're wrong. And it's okay, I'll forgive you because we're gonna talk about Marvel. Then we can still be friends, but I'm gonna be watching you. Okay? But this clip, I want you to see if you can actually like relate to the main character in the video clip. Jarvis, you up? Well, you saw all like. I'd like to open a new project file indexed as Mark II. Shall I store this on the Stark Industries central database? I actually don't know that it's trust right now. Till further notice, why don't we just keep everything on my private server? Working on a secret project, are we, sir? I don't want this winding up in the wrong hands. Maybe mine can actually do some good. Next. Up. Not complete, dummy. Right here. Got me. Stay put. Nice. How do you use it? You, you're no benefit at all. Move down to the top. I got it. Okay, I'm sorry. Am I in your way? Capacity chief lift. And three, two, one. Anybody relate to Tony Stark? If you've never seen the movie, that is Iron Man and that is Tony Stark. He's a beautiful genius with a small god complex. I'd say a little bit. Now, if you've seen it, you know he's got a little bit bigger complex than that. But in this video, did you hear him say, oh, I'm sorry, am I in your way? He was talking to the robot who was helping him, which sometimes I feel like I would relate to that robot as the Holy Spirit and me trying to take control of stuff and say, I'm sorry, am I in your way? Which it should be total opposite. Have you ever built something or created something? You know that there has to be all the pieces there. You can't be missing something and cut corners. It takes time. You have to have a plan, and it, it works out perfectly if everything's there. The, plan, the pieces, the plan is set. You have enough time. You don't want to rush or take it into your own hands. If we do that and we take it into our own hands, we again, we delay his plan. So when we take it into, there you go. When we take his plans into our own hands, instead of being a fix-it Felix, we become more of a Wreck-It Ralph. 
And if you've seen that movie, it's, it's super cute. I'd highly recommend that one as well. Earlier I had mentioned that most of us would know Jesus as a carpenter. He, that's his trade that he had when he was here on earth. That was his father's trade, and that's what he became as well. But as I started digging into the fact of carpenter, which is also a builder, I found that the Greek word for it was tectone. And I was trying to give you the, this is how you should pronounce it. So if I screw the next word up, don't worry about it. It's okay. We can, we can fix that as well. <laughs> There's grace. Thank you. <laughs> so when I was thinking about that, it, it's a builder of different materials, stone, wood, and also sometimes material. But I was reading what the word for builder or carpenter means in Hebrew, and it is Nagad. It is, but it's, it kind of sounded like Nagal as well. And with this and the definition that that word brought, it had to stand boldly opposite, to manifest, to announce, meaning the word of mouth to those present, to expose, to predict, to explain, to praise, to certify, declare, denounce, and expound. All those characteristics of that, that definition of that word beautifully describes who Jesus is and who he was and during his ministry. And as we think of Jesus as a builder and his trade as a carpenter and how he used different materials to build, scripture refers to him as the cornerstone. Remember the song earlier? He is the cornerstone. In this time period, buildings were built by using a large rock that was precisely cut to be the first rock to build the foundation for that building. Precisely cut, very large, and it was the first rock known as the cornerstone. With that one stone, you knew exactly where to place the other stones. It brought two walls together in a tight bond, and it also allowed to show where there was any deviations in the building process. And while Jesus was rejected by the Pharisees, God's plans, God had the plans, and Jesus became the cornerstone. Isaiah 28, 16 states, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone a sure foundation, and whoever believes will not act hastily. <laughs> oh, that's me, my fault, my bad. <laughs> will not act hastily. So in Psalms 118, 22 to 24, it says, the stone which the builders rejected, rejected, has become the chief cornerstone. So the stone that was rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Point number two, Jesus is the builder of today, so we shall rejoice and be glad in it, right? <laughs> Remember Jeremiah 29, 11 and 1, 5, it says, he has plans for you he has created you 
and he knows you, he knew you before you were even born. And as we're growing up, sometimes we might not have the best influences, so we start listening to what the world tells us of who we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to follow, what we're supposed to dress like, what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to wear, and it just fills us of what we're actually supposed to believe. But he's got a plan, and he wants you to hear him. Has he talked to you, and then tur you turned and ran away? Are you delaying the process? Do you take matters into your own hands? Somebody said no. Yes, that's good, good. <laughs> but as we saw in the end of the video clip, sometimes you get thrown against the wall and a fire extinguisher has to come out and put you out because of the flames. Because if you're taking it into your own hands, you're going to end up against the wall with that fire extinguisher going. My question to you to start off for is, God is, if Jesus is the builder of today, what has he called you to do? Has he given you something to say to somebody in the middle of a grocery store, but you've decided not to? Has he wanted to be, has he wanted you to be a light in a dark place? but you feel like you're the only one, so you decide not to? Has he called you to share the gospel in your workplace, but you're afraid of what others will think of you? Has he called you to, be, to do something so bold and uh, step out in that faith, and you're like, that does not make sense. That's not his voice. I can't listen to that. Doesn't he know who I am? He knows I'm not going to do that guilty. <laughs> so I run, or I try to take things into my own hands. Um, I'll give you a little story. So my husband and I sit here and laugh about how he's the jack of all trades, but the master of none. <laughs> if you know him, you know, we, I love you. <laughs> but he's, and that, but that's one of the things I love about him, because he goes all in. He just goes. There's like no hesitation for him unless he's like, hey, baby, is this okay? Yes, go. Then he's like, boom, I'm in. He's been, he went to culinary school. He's been a diesel mechanic in the military. He's been a paramedic. He also worked in the water wastewater department in the city we lived in. He's been a security officer out the prison. He also went back to medical. Then he also went to maintenance. <laughs> he is a DIY pro when it comes to the house. He does very well with framing, sheetrock, tiling, plumbing, buildings, furniture, and stuff like that. But electrical, no. We learned that the hard way. He's not a pro at that one. <laughs> He's just not a pro at that one. We learned that real hard way. <laughs> yes, it's good to have people who know those kind of things to come help you. But he's, he's a builder. He's a carpenter now. He's got woodworking, the type of carpentry. But all this time, every time he goes through these things, I get to learn a little bit about what it is he's doing, the tools that he uses, and the help him along the way. With that, when we were down, we went and celebrated our 25th anniversary at the beginning of the... Thank you. <laughs> 
uh, we went and celebrated our anniversary at the beginning of the month. We finally got to the hotel, and we're kind of unpacking, and our hotel, the room looks out to the ocean, but you've got other building roofs in front of you so you can see the top of their roof. Well, there's a gentleman down there who was working on one of the roofs, and we were like, okay, no big deal. So we started unpacking, we were kind of resting and everything, and, and then this noise happened, and he's like, hey, babe, I think somebody's using a pressure washer. So I was listening, I was like, because I love me some pressure washing. That's my, that's my one thing I like when it's like pressure washing, because it's satisfying to see the beginning and the end results of what's going on. So I love me some pressure washing. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm listening, I'm like, oh no, that doesn't sound like a pressure washer. That sounds more like something. I was like, you don't know, I said, it sounds more like a sawzall. <laughs> how would I know what a sawzall unless somebody has used one before? So I, you know, and me and him being the loving couple we are, we're not competitive with each other at all. <laughs> at all. So we quickly walked to the window, and I say quickly, we kind of went over there because we wanted to see who was right. And we get there, and I look at him, I was like, babe, I'm so sorry. I really wanted to be wrong. <laughs> No, that's not what happened whatsoever. I was standing there, and I was like, boom, in your face. I told you it was a sawzall. <laughs> so, so, but in that moment, I realized that I knew the builder, and I knew the tools that he used, and I could hear it. I'm not saying that my husband doesn't because he hears the builder differently than what I do. And he speaks to you in so many different ways, but it's like, are you listening? Are you paying attention to what he's telling you? He speaks to me through music, through scripture, through other people, and even sometimes through nature. Oh, yeah, by the way, he said things sound different at Cozumel, <laughs> which is not true, but okay, well, there's grace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matthew 16, 15 says, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. No one told Peter who Jesus was. No one said, hey, Peter, that's Jesus, my son. This is what he knew. He knew the truth. He heard the truth coming from Jesus and he knew in his heart who Jesus was. Because he was listening. Those questions I presented before. Has Jesus asked you to do those things at some point during your life? But for whatever reason, you've turned away or decided that wasn't who you were supposed to be? I want you to take a moment and think, what is Jesus saying to me today, right now, in this moment? Is he asking you to come to him? Is he asking you to grow in a certain area of your life? Is he asking you to have the faith to pursue what he's actually called you to do? Is he asking you to stop the addictions 
that are holding you hostage from living the best life he has planned? Has he asked you to just take that step of faith and trust in him? Is he asking you to forgive someone who has hurt you or even forgive yourself for the things that you had no control over? Those things right there hold you so that you're walking, walking in bondage and it's not who you were meant to be. Is he asking you to put the hurts of the past down to be truly free? As Pastor Stephanie was saying, there is a Freedom Conference coming up, and guess what? That is the perfect opportunity to put down those hurts, to get rid of the addictions, to be free. And when I mean free, I mean like truly free that you're able to say, I love Jesus, Jesus loves me, he is my shepherd, I am his sheep, I'm going to follow him, He's going to protect me. He's going to give me what I need. He's going to give me the rest, and he restores my soul. Has he placed a calling on your life that you have just said no? And that you've been going through something that's holding you back from that moment? He's just asking you to trust him. And today, he may be even asking you to just accept him as your Lord and Savior. And as believers, we have all been in that moment of that, that what do I do? I, I know here, there's like turmoil going on inside my body. What do I do? You're not alone. You're not alone. We've been in that position. And you don't have to be alone anymore. Because at the end of service, there'll be a prayer team up here that can pray for you, that can help you go through this and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Trust me, it's well worth it. <laughs> and I was thinking about all of this while I was doing the sermon, and I was like, um... What else, what else does he want me to say? He's giving you something. Are your ears open to hear it? Is your heart prepared for it? What is he trying to build in your life today? Number three, Jesus is the builder of forever. It's not just the past. It's not just today, but it is forever. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 10 says, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, you also, as living stones, are being built in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Who is that? Jesus. Elect, precious, and he who believes in him will be by no means put to shame. You will not be put to shame because of your belief in Jesus Christ. People will try. 
but you will not be put in jail. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient into the word to which they also were appointed. We were talking about the Pharisees. Jesus came in and shook their world. He did. Straight down to the foundation where he's like, that's my spot. That's my spot right there because I am the cornerstone. (laughs) But you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Don't let this scare you. Because you are a royal priesthood. And even though you may not feel like it right this moment, he's got plans, and it's going to happen. You are a holy nation, his own special people, his own special people. He loves you. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Were you in a dark spot, but he called you out? Amen. Into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not attained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That is you. The builder has laid the foundation. He is a living stone. You are a living stone. And together we're going to be building up a spiritual house. But it doesn't stop there. In Matthew 7, 24, 25, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. How amazing is that? It was founded on the rock. Luke 6, 46 through 49 says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show them whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house, and you cannot shake it. You couldn't shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But when he heard, when he who had heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation, against which the streams beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What is your foundation? Is it built on the rock? Is your house going to stand? Is the truth here going to stand? Each of these verses talks about building the foundation on the rock. The rock is Jesus. He is the cornerstone, the one that shows any deviations in the plan. He's the one that binds us to God. In these two verses, it says, don't say that your days will be all rainbow and sunshine. Unless your name is Sunshine, but I don't think she's here this morning. (laughs) It's not all rainbows and sunshines throughout here. You're going to have storms. You're going to have trials. 
But if your foundation is on the rock, you're going to withstand those storms. And those, the wind and the rain can come. Let them come. Actually, it's an open invitation. Come on. Let it come. Because my foundation is built on the rock. And I know that my God tells me that I'm going to stand up firm and I'm not going to fall because of the foundation I am standing on. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 11 says, For we are all God's fellow workers. You are God's field, and you are God's building. Where are your feet planted? According to the grace of God, which has given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You cannot build God's building without the plan and the builder, and the builder is Jesus Christ. It's been true for previous generations. It's good for those generations to come. But if you know the previous generations, sometimes there's some deviations in that building process. Guess what? That can change. It changes with you, and it changes with me. We can make that change here today. What does that affect? Guess what it affects? It affects your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, the generations to come after that. If you don't have kids, it's okay. It affects your family. It affects your friends. It affects the teenagers you come in contact with. It affects your coworkers. It affects the children and kids' ministry when you serve. It affects their friends and their families. And it keeps going because of the difference that you put into their life to show them who the foundation is, how you can stand strong, and to have that testimony of being able to stand up here and say, I've been through the storms. I've been through the trials. But today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> you have to trust in his plan and the desires that he has for you. Trust in the foundation that he has laid before you so that you can build from there. How do we wrap all of this up into a nice little bow? Through the points. Jesus is the builder of the past. He is the builder of today, and he is the builder of forever. And regardless of the things that have happened to you in the past, whether they were done to you or you did to somebody else, guess what? He can forgive those. He changes it. He's the, he's the builder of today. What is he saying to you today? What are you too afraid to step out in? knowing that he's called you to a plan, a purpose. But you're too scared and says, I'm not the one that should be doing this. I'm not qualified. Yes, you are. You just have to submit to him. And he is the builder of the generations to come. How are you going to make an impact on those around you? How will they remember who Jesus is three generations from now? Will he be able to be spoke, like, will be, we even be able to say the name of Jesus three generations from now? But with each of you here in the foundation that you have, guess what? It will keep going. Jesus will not ever not be able to spoke. And, but if they, 
try, there's no shame in knowing who he is. As Terry said last week, when celebrities walk the red carpet, the one question they get asked the most is, who are you wearing, right? Guess what? You can consider yourself a one-of-a-kind creation. And when you walk out those doors today and somebody asks you, how are you like that? How are you able to do that? And you can say, I have the best designer ever, Jesus the Builder. That is what you get to say today when you walk out these doors. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all of creation. We wouldn't be in the place that we are right now if you hadn't started the miraculous, beautiful imagery that you had with the creation of all things. Lord, thank you for sending your son to be able to speak life into those around him in a different manner that they're able to understand. Thank you for standing up boldly against religiosity because it's not about just religion. It is about the relationship between us, Jesus, and you, Lord. Thank you for allowing him to lay his life down for me, reconciling us to God. We're so honored that he was able to be that go-between between us and you. Thank you for opening our ears today so we could hear and our hearts so that we can actually be molded into the image that you have planned for us. Thank you for knowing and loving us and being patient with us. And Lord, I ask that whatever is spoken today to each individual, that they are able to realize that they have built upon the foundation of the rock and that they should feel no shame. They should not feel guilty for the past that, they are, that you have laid your son's life down for us and that they can boldly go out and rejoice and step out in the faith and trust that he's got them every step of the way. Lord, I pray for those who want to know more, that they step out in boldness without fear to seek you with their whole heart. And if there's anyone there who's wanting to know you more, that they connect with the person who just is a beautiful example and a representation of the love that you have for us. And it's all of these things that I pray. Amen.